0: Hawking Birds.
1: Made possible by the generous support of the Bird Watchers General Store. Orleans, Cape Cod. Birdwatchersgeneralstore.com.
2: By Vortex Optics. With the VIP warranty. Their unlimited lifetime promise to keep you and your optic covered. Learn more at vortexoptics.com.
3: And Beauty Books. An independent, family-owned bookstore carrying one of the largest selections of birding books in the world. Beautyobooks.com.
1: Good morning and Happy New Year and welcome to our show, number 865. Well, our Freya McGregor will be returning soon to the good old USA, but she's still enjoying Southern Hemisphere summer in Australia. And here she is now with another avian audio postcard from uh, way down under there. Hey everybody, it's Freya McGregor
3: here. I hope you can hear that sound. It's a boobook owl. It's also known as a mopoke because it sort of says mopoke, mopoke or boobook, <laughs> boobook or not. Uh, I'm in the hills um, on the eastern side of Melbourne, the Dayong Ranges, and it's really still. Um, the sun set about half an hour ago, and this booboo cow just started calling. Um, they're smaller than a great horned owl. Um, they don't have horns. It stopped calling. Maybe it'll start again. Okay, bye.
1: Thank you, Freya. And thank you, Bubuk, or Mopoke, there in Australia. Well, we've heard a lot about the passing of the legendary performer, Betty White, the other day at the age of 99. should be noted she was a staunch advocate for animals, wild and domestic. But there's been much less general coverage about the passing this week of one of the great naturalists of our time, the legendary evolutionary biologist, E.O. Wilson, called by some the Darwin of the 21st century. He died on the day after Christmas. Dr. Wilson pioneered the field of sociobiology, fought tirelessly to protect species, taught generations to see the natural world and human behavior in new and thought-provoking ways, and won two Pulitzer Prizes, one for his book on human nature, and the other one, The Ants, as the Boston Globe's Joseph Kahn Put it, he belonged to a select group of scientists, such figures as Stephen Hawking, Richard Feynman, and Stephen J. Gould, whose influence and stature extended far beyond their classrooms, laboratories, and journal articles. E.O. Wilson was 92. We plan to report today on a good news story sent to us from our great Louisville, Colorado friends Kevin and Roxanne Reardon about a beef cattle ranch that's been certified by National Audubon as bird-friendly. But we'll hold that good news for a while in light of the fact that the Reardons are among some 35,000 folks who were evacuated from their homes in those big wildfires that broke out Thursday out there in Boulder County, Colorado. Kevin and Roxanne have been able to return to their home, but that's certainly not the case for thousands of others. And we want to pass along a bit of info on how we can all help the victims there. It's through the Community Foundation of Boulder, Colorado. And their web address for contributions in any amount is comfound.org. C-O-M-M-F-O-U-N-D.org. We also have a link to that site on our Talking Birds Facebook page. And we'll get it on our website, too. That direct address, again, is comfound with two M's, comfound.org. What we have there is the sound of our mystery bird little preview of our upcoming mystery bird contest A bit later on in this morning's show Here are some clues uh, to get you prepared for that Our mystery bird is a stocky finch with black wings and double white wing bars Along with a short notched tail and a thick very specialized bill The male's head, chest, belly, and back are pinkish-red. Female, mostly green or olive green. Our bird breathes through most of Canada and Alaska in the extreme northern states from Washington to Maine and often moves well down into the lower 48 in winter, tracking the seed crop in coniferous trees. Some clues there in the sound of our mystery bird. As always, we have some pretty terrific prizes. And we have some new prizes that we'll be uh, talking about here. From Classic Brands. Uh, Droll Yankees, now part of the Classic Brands family. And we have a Droll Yankees new generation sunflower seed feeder as a prize this morning. It's in forest green, painted on there so it won't uh, chip or fade. Zinc die cast tops, bases, and ports to last. A lifetime, and even has stainless steel wire that squirrels can't chew. Sorry about that. Squirrels. Plus, a feather-friendly window marker kit to make your windows visible to birds and prevent deadly collisions from our friends at Feather Friendly. These things really work, and they're endorsed by many conservation and bird organizations, including folks like the American Bird Conservancy and the Fatal Light Awareness Program. Prizes there, and if we have time for a bonus question... We also have a $20 certificate standing by for Wisdom Supply. Makers of those plastic-free books and notepads and journals and other things for classroom and office. All part of the Mystery Bird Contest. Well, if you've been listening to our show for a while, you know about our initiative called Plurding. That's a name derived from the phrase, picking up litter while birding. We have commissioned the creation of some beautiful little Proud Plurder iron-on badges... We're sending them out to listeners who pledge to plurd or who are already doing so, want to kind of make it official. And today we salute another proud plurder. It's Jay Keck from Columbia, South Carolina. Jay is a member of the South Carolina Wildlife Federation, and he told us about their recent litter sweep, which included some plurting. His group partnered with the South Carolina Aquarium to record the trash data which will be submitted to their litter-free. Digital Journal. We'll get some pictures up about all that too. And thank you so much Jay. Full details about plurting and how to become a proud plurter? On our website. Just go to talkingbirds.com slash plurting. Still to come on our show today, we'll learn about a fabulous festival that's just a month away down in sunny Cape Canaveral, Florida. Plus, we'll catch up with Mike O'Connor in an Almost Live from the Archive. Let's ask Mike segment about how to get the most out of your binoculars. And up next, a very common and quite underestimated bird is today's featured feathered friend. Presented by Birdwatching Magazine, for more than a quarter century, Birdwatching has been North America's premier magazine about wild birds and birding. If you were to make a list of superlative birds, you might not include the modest morning dove, But this elegant little gray dove with the long pointy tail deserves a seat at the superlative's table if you take into consideration its population size. Here in the U.S. alone, it's about 350 million. The morning dove is among the most abundant and widespread terrestrial birds in all of North America, including parts of southern Canada, every state in the lower 48 plus all of Mexico and Central America as well. Other superlatives? Well, it's one of the fastest flying birds you can see in your backyard, with its powerful direct flight reaching up to 55 miles an hour. Not sold yet? Well, morning doves can also drink brackish water, which is almost half the salinity of seawater. And they can build a nest in a matter of hours that might produce 12 chicks over the course of a year. Species that spend up to two weeks in nest building should take note. The morning dove is well known for its namesake slow descending song. Males have favorite cooing perches that they defend from other males. But you can also identify it by the distinctive whinnying sound its wings make on takeoff. In breeding season, you can often see three mourning doves flying in close formation, one behind the other. This is thought to be a type of social display in which the lead bird is usually the male of a mated pair, the second bird, an unmated male chasing his rival from an area where he hopes to nest, and the third bird, the female of the mated pair, maybe keeping an eye on the other two. It's the mourning dove, Zenida, Macrochura, today's talkin' birds featured feathered friend. Welcome again to our show number eight hundred sixty-five. Well, the phrase Florida in February certainly makes folks in colder climes like ours hankered to head to the Sunshine State. That certainly goes for birders and nature lovers. Especially in connection with one of the great birding festivals in America, the Space Coast Birding and Wildlife Festival in Cape Canaveral, Florida. And who better to tell us some more about it than the lady who founded the festival 25 years ago, Laura Lee Thompson, and she's joining us right now. Good morning, Laura Lee. Good
2: morning, Ray. (laughs) How's your weather up there?
1: Oh, it's kind of dreary. It's very warm. I'll say that. I think we're in the 50s already here, which is a little disturbing in itself, but kind of dreary. The way you're smiling tells me it's not that way down there.
2: Oh no, no! It's going to be about <laughs> eighty-five
1: degrees today. Mm, so little sun. So have fun up
2: there.
1: <laughs> Thanks a lot. Appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, that.
2: absolute lots of sunshine. and okay. This is the sunshine state.
1: That's what I've heard. Well, first of all, uh, by the way, congratulations, uh, Laura Lee, on the silver anniversary of the Space Coast Festival. That is quite a milestone. Why did Why did this Why did you start the festival way back then?
2: Well, I I started it to educate the people in our community, especially the business leaders, that we had amazing assets in the Merritt Island National Wildlife Refuge, Canaveral National Seashore, and the hundreds of acres of land that's on the west side of our town that's in public ownership. They felt cheated because they can't develop that land. And and so I wanted to make sure that they understood that there is an economic uh, benefit Mm-hmm. as well as an, a quality of life benefit to having the town be almost surrounded by land that's in public ownership. <laughs> so that's why I started it. I envisioned it to be a little small two-day educational thing for the local community. It's bloomed into a five-day international event. I had no clue that would happen.
1: <laughs> but you helped make it happen. So last year's uh, festival was virtual because of the pandemic, of course, but you're back with an in-person event uh, this year, Laura Lee, Tell us about how you decided to go live for the 25th anniversary.
2: Well, I'm, I've always been a risk taker all my life. Um, my dad was a risk taker, and I guess I inherited it. But we decided to gamble. Um, I'm not sure that it was a good gamble now when when I'm looking at the increasing rates of Omicron. Um, mm-hmm. We'd never heard of Omicron when we decided to to take the festival live. Mm-hmm. and you know, by all indications, the other you know variations were going down. So it is what it is. Florida's open for business. Um, we there's um, no mass mandates in Florida. pretty much mm-hmm. everybody's running around. Having a good time. Um, I guess the good thing is that Omicron doesn't seem to be as vicious as the other 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 rate, uh, mm-hmm. you know, the other things, and right. it, it could be going down by the mm-hmm. time the festival.
1: Yeah, let's hope so. That's a little time hope, away from yeah. now because we're talking about February 2nd through through the 6th and you have lots of outdoor stuff, of course we can talk about, but you have an enormous number of, you have something like 58 exhibitors, I think. Am I right?
2: I do, yes. And, and also, I want to mention, this is the first year we've always been at Eastern Florida State College, so mm-hmm. we've been spread out all over the campus. You have to walk a million miles to get to the different classrooms and you know mix in with the students and fight with the parking lot monitors so that's not going to happen this year this will be this this will be the first time we, people yeah this will mm-hmm. be the first time that we're in a hotel property mm-hmm. that has a huge convention center um so we're really really happy about that there's uh, a dozen restaurants within walking distance They've given us a really good rate of $159 that uh, is guaranteed for two more days, and then after two days, the $159 rate will still be available um, until you know. As a you know, I can't guarantee it, but it'll still be available Mm -hmm. until it runs out. Um, So that would be at the Radisson Resort at the Port in Cape Canaveral, Mm -hmm. which is one of the closest hotels to Port Canaveral. Where all the cruise ships and all the boats are. Mm
1: -hmm. January fifteenth is the uh, deadline, right, for registration? That is the
2: deadline for registration. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. if you want to come to the festival, you really need to register before the fifteenth. There'll be like a a interim between January fifteenth and the first day of the festival when you can't register, and then at that point you have to come and register in person Mm -hmm. at the festival. At the festival, we, we typically, you know, have quite a few people that wait and uh, and and then show up at the festival and register mm-hmm.
1: then all right well we talked about outdoor stuff all kinds of boat things right kayaking pontoon boat cruises airboat rides all yeah. included
2: yeah we we are um you know florida is a, a land of water and and so we that's one of the best ways to see birds is to get out on the water so we got a st john's river uh cruise that you'll see lots of wading birds and birds as well as the possibility of manatees on the st john's river we have airboat rides in fact the airboat rides already filled up so we have uh contracted with another airboat operator to increase the capacity for the airboat trips those are very small like five passengers plus mm-hmm. a birding birding leader on um, on each trip and because of the um warm weather that we've been having we haven't had any cold fronts yet to to have some northerly winds to push the water down in the in the indian river lagoon the water's high in the impounds on merritt island so the birds are most of the birds are out on the st john's river floodplain right now mm-hmm. massive flocks of spoonbills and wow. wading birds and white pelicans and the only way you can see them is on an airboat mm-hmm. um, We got kayak trips to a waiting bird rookery island and and another boat cruise that also visits that rookery island as well as uh, driving around the port looking at all the seabirds and and uh, ships and interesting stuff at Port Canaveral. So, lots of boat tours.
1: Mm-hmm. And lots of wonderful speakers. i got three pages here of speakers. Jeff Gordon from American Birding Association starting off. You had a special program about uh, Patagonia and another very special event uh, with Uganda. We are so short of time, we can't really get into the details. But we can certainly point folks to the website to get the information for uh, the Space Coast Birding and Wildlife Festival. It's going to be the 2nd of February to the 6th of February. The website is scbwf.org. That's for Space Coast Birding and Wildlife Festival, or maybe just Google Space Coast Birding and Wildlife Festival to find out more about it. And uh, uh, Laura Lee, next time you're on with us here, we, we we want to give you an invitation right now to talk about some of your work with the Indian River really really important stuff and also about your famous Dixie Crossroads restaurant there in Titusville home of Rock Shrimp that is an amazing story but as you said we would need 30 minutes to uh, talk about the Rock Shrimp yeah. story there at Dixie Crossroads so Laura Lee thank you so much thanks for being with us uh, good luck uh, with the festival 25th anniversary edition
2: thank you so much for having me Ray hope everybody will come to the festival
1: indeed I'll give that website again it's scbwf.org or just google space coast birding and wildlife festival it will be fabulous up next it's our mystery bird contest in just one minute the flutter of a tail feather the flash of a wing bar in mid-flight you don't always have a lot of time to identify a bird in nature let alone to appreciate its beauty. But with Vortex Optics, you'll have the power to bring every wild moment closer. When you choose Vortex, you're choosing to have a partner in the field as passionate about nature as you are. Whether you're spotting old friends on the backyard feeder or packing for a -a once-in-a-lifetime trip to add a few species to your life list, Vortex offers a full range of optics and optics accessories for every birder and every budget. And whether the birds are taking you to another state or another country, you're always covered by the Vortex VIP warranty, an unlimited lifetime promise to keep you and your optic covered. If you'd like to learn more, or if you need help choosing your next optic, give Vortex a call at 1-800-4-Vortex or visit VortexOptics.com. It's the sound of our mystery bird, and this would be our mystery bird contest in which we invite you to call in and tell us what that bird is or take a guess. No correct answer means you could still be a winner. Nobody gets the right answer exactly. So give it a try at this number, 781-837-4900. That's 781-837-4900. Our mystery bird is a stocky finch with black wings and double white wing bars, along with a short, notched tail and a thick, very specialized bill. The male's head, chest, belly, and back are pinkish red. The female is mostly green or olive green. Our bird breeds through most of Canada and Alaska, in the extreme northern states from Washington to Maine, and uh, often moves well down into the lower 48 in winter, tracking the seed crop in coniferous trees. And those seeds in those cones are why this bird has that very specialized bill. I won't describe it beyond that because that kind of would give it away there, but... You can kind of maybe figure that out. So that's the clue list in the sound of our mystery bird. Prizes include the Droll Yankees New Generation Sunflower Seed Feeder. This is such a beauty, a powder-coated finish in forest green that won't chip or fade. It has zinc die-cast tops and bases and ports to last a lifetime. A snug-fitting sliding cap that's easy for you to lift but very difficult. Maybe impossible for squirrels to do. A top assembly that's easily removed for cleaning. And stainless steel wires that squirrels can't chew. Squirrels do not like this feeder, but birds really do. And so do the folks who have these feeders. Other prize, a feather-friendly window marker kit to make your windows visible to birds and prevent deadly collisions while remaining unobtrusive. To humans, It's a beautiful thing. The feather-friendly system is endorsed by numerous bird conservation organizations, including the Fatal Light Awareness Program, FLAP, and the American Bird Conservancy. So, prizes and clues and um, the sound of our mystery bird. All you need to do now is tell us what it is and give us a call as soon as you possibly can so we'll have time because time grows short very quickly around here. 781-837-837. 4-900 is the number. That's 781-837-4900. Meanwhile, let's ask Mike, almost live from the archive. Let's ask Mike in just one minute. Beauty-O-Books carries one of the largest selections of birding books in the world. New, used, and rare books covering everything from backyard birding to general ornithology, from field guides to photography skills, biography, fiction, and humor, You'll find it all along with the knowledgeable customer service you've been looking for in one convenient place, com, B-U-T-E-O, Books.com.
0: My name is Cheryl Eggert, and I live in Philston, Massachusetts. What I like about Talking Birds is the information, uh, but I also love the informality and the comedy
2: and the fun and and also just keeping up to date with what's going on in the birding world. It's a great idea to become a Talkin' Birds ambassador. Talkin' Birds listeners, we hope you'll become a Talkin' Birds ambassador. Just visit our website, click on the contact button, and then choose the Become an Ambassador option at TalkinBirds.com. And thanks.
1: Down to the Bird Watchers general store. Mike O'Connor is down there. Just uh, I don't know if he's uh, taken down the Christmas tree yet, but underneath yours maybe this year was... A pair of binoculars So Mike has some ideas on how to actually see through them and that kind of thing, which is kind of important. Good morning, Mike.
0: Yeah, good morning, Ray. Yeah, a lot of times people get binoculars as a gift and it might be their first pair, which is really cool. But A lot of people don't really know how, a surprising number of people don't know how to use them. Yeah. I, I advise people all day long. And here's a couple of quick tips of advice. If you got your first pair of binoculars or maybe it's a pair that you're still, you're not really comfortable with yet. Number one, Binoculars are made out of lenses and glass prisms, so don't drop them. They don't like to be dropped. Yeah. Treat them really gingerly. They they just don't like to be dropped because it's all these. Lenses and prisms are critically aligned to give you the crisp image. And if you let them fall off the roof of your car, there won't be any good to you anymore. So never put them on the roof of your car because no matter what you say, you'll forget them. And you'll drive away. Um, Put them on the uh, hood, then you can see them, then you won't drive away. Put them on your windshield, exactly. If you're going to take take your jacket off or something, get a cup of coffee, put them right there um, on your windshield. Uh, a A lot of them come with lens covers that people seem to get obsessed over that. A lot of birds don 't like lens covers to get in yeah. their way a lot of times seeing a bird is like a nanosecond you got to get there quickly it can 't be fussing with taking two three, four lens covers off so if if you know that's a personal decision, but I throw mine away right away because yeah. i can 't be messing with that so if you're having trouble with the lens covers it 's okay to get rid of them a lot of people don 't worry about that there's um there's two barrels. Binoculars typically have two barrels with a hinge in the middle, and you bend them in and out because you want to get a nice round circle. You know you know in the movies when they show somebody looking through binoculars and you get like that sideways eight thing, like two circles? Yeah. That's not what binoculars look like. I don't know why Hollywood decided that, what they look like. They don't look like that. It's a nice round circle. So when you use binoculars, you bend them back and forth to line up with your eyes. And if you see two circles, there's something wrong with your binoculars. And most binoculars now, they come with eye cups that twist down. Most of the new binoculars have these to help you with eyeglasses so the eyeglass whereas because the eyeglasses keep the binoculars away from your eyes there's an adjustment by twisting these eye cups down and i I know you can see my hand motion while i'm doing it i see it there yeah (laughs) you twist them down and that gets them closer and if you don't wear eyeglasses or you wear contacts then you keep those up and they should be up or down sometimes people and especially if you let a friend borrow them, they get confused and they twist them. They think they're a focus. They should be up or they should be down. There shouldn't be one up or there shouldn't be one down.
1: And can you, in about 15 seconds, Mike, tell us about the technique? so that you see a bird and how do you get your glasses on it?
0: Okay, that's, that's, that's the trickiest thing for for people. The first thing you do if you see a bird, keep your head still. Keep your eyes on the bird and then just put the binoculars in the way. Don't look down and then try to find it again. Look up and your eyes should be right on it. But also keep in your mind's eye what that bird is around. If it's on the chimney of a house or if it's on a rose bush, you don't necessarily have to find the bird, but just find the rose bush or find a pine cone or the crux of the tree where it's next to. Look for a larger target in your eye that you see and then move it right to the bird. All right. Top
1: quality advice. Thank you, Mike.
0: Happy New Year, everybody. Mike O'Connor down there at the famous
1: Birdwatcher's General Store, Orleans, Cape Cod. Back to the mystery bird contest right after this. Every Wednesday, Birdwatching Magazine sends an e-newsletter full of information of interest to birdwatchers, including recent news stories about birds conservation and science, photography tips, stories about places to go birding, bird ID tips, and much more. Best of all, the newsletter is free. Sign up today at birdwatchingdaily.com slash newsletter. Okay, we're back to the mystery bird contest trying to identify this stocky finch with black wings and double white wing bars and uh, an interest in pine cone and other seeds and a specialized bill by which to take advantage of them. Allison is somewhere in the great state of Maine. Good morning, Allison. Hey. Hey, good morning. What do you think, Allison? Good on the, morning. On the old mystery bird. Uh,
2: is it a yellow feathered crossbill?
1: A ye- yellow feathered crossbill.
2: Oh. That's a creative
1: creative guess, but not exactly right. Thank you so much, Allison. Okay, bye. All right, bye. We have Paul in West Virginia. Good morning, Paul. Hello, Ray. Good morning. How are you doing, Paul? We're in West Virginia, if you like to say. Oh, it's kind of near Charlestown. Near Charlestown, all Harper's right. Harper's Ferry. Harper's Ferry, the famous Harper's Ferry. Okay, what about the uh, mystery bird, Paul? What do you think? I think that's a pine grosbeak. Let me check my uh, papers on this one here. Not exactly a Pine Grosbeak, no. Well, that, that's okay. a <laughs> Top quality guess. <laughs> thank you. Thank you, Paul. All right. We had an interestingly creative guess about some kind of um, uh, crossbill and then a, a Pine Grosbeak, which is a top quality guess. But let's see if Suzanne in Stoughton, Massachusetts, can get this for us. Good morning, uh, Suzanne.
3: Good morning, right?
1: Good morning. What do you think? You heard a couple of guesses there. What is uh what would your guess be? The white wing crossbill. That's said with such confidence. It must be correct. Yes. Woohoo! <laughs> it is the white wing crossbill. Absolutely right. We're short on time. Suzanne, stay on the line and uh, Jess, you will get your info. And thanks for calling in. All right. Okay, I guess she's on hold or something. All right, thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Suzanne. We are just about out of time. I want to say thank you to two new Talking Birds ambassadors, Alan H. from Shipman, Virginia, and Megan Fall from Pleasant Grove, Arkansas. Thank you so much, Alan and Megan, for becoming Talking Birds ambassadors. And Happy New Year once again to one and all. With our show wrapped up this morning, we're going to go and get started on another one. We have some really exciting guests coming along in the next few weeks. Thanks for listening. See you next week.
0: Ray Brown's Talking Birds.
1: Made possible by the generous support of the Bird Watchers General Store. Orleans, Cape Cod. Birdwatchersgeneralstore.com.
2: By Vortex Optics. With the VIP warranty. Their unlimited lifetime promise to keep you and your optic covered. Learn more at vortexoptics.com.
3: And Video Books. An independent, family-owned bookstore carrying one of the largest selections of birding books in the world videobooks.com
2: <laughs>